Welcome to World Changers. My name is Steven. My name is Brett. And uh, on this podcast, we analyze the lives of the greatest people who have ever lived. We do short summaries of where they were born, what they did throughout their lives, and how they died. And then we talk about the achievements that they did and what qualified them in our eyes as great. That's right. And today we're going to talk about Cleopatra, who is one of the most famous women in history. I mean, if you think about it, how many women do you know their names who, who lived before, say, even 1000 AD? Yeah. You know? So, but most people, like a regular person, would know the name of Cleopatra. So. Yeah, totally. The ancient Beyonce, as some refer to her as. <laughs> Is that two people say that? I don't know. When I think of Beyonce, I just did she do like a Cleopatra skit one time or something? I don't know. Maybe I can kind of picture her with that like eye paint. Can't stuff, you? Though, you know, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's just dive right in. Um, and to start off, we'll go over the summary of her life. All right. So she was born in 69 BC, and her father was, which was a foreshadow of what. <laughs> keep this pg steve <laughs> 69 bc and her father was the pharaoh ptolemy the 12th and so she was part of the is it the hellenistic dynasty yeah so pretty much alexander the great yeah. who we featured last week he takes over pretty much the known world when he dies it gets split up into this dynasty yeah. the hellenistic dynasty and the first ruler is ptolemy is that how you say his name? Yeah, I think so. And so um, and she was a direct line from him. She's 300 years after Alexander the Great died, and she's part of that dynasty. She was a direct descendant of one of Alexander's rulers. Generals, the last rulers, active yeah. ruler of the Ptolemaic kingdom gotcha. of Egypt. Yeah. Cool. Her childhood tutor was a man named Philastros. Phil, no, Philostratos. Sorry. And he would have taught her the Greek arts of oration and philosophy. She was a pretty well-educated woman. So it was actually Ptolemy the first Soter. He was a Macedonian Greek general and a companion of Alexander the Great. There it is. So he was the general that started that Ptolemaic kingdom gotcha. that she was a part of. Cool. So just kind of painting the picture, 300 years after Alexander the Great, this is one of the branches of his... So they weren't really Egyptian. They were Greek. Yeah, right? that's interesting, yeah, because a lot of people asked about, or they speculate on what she was. And her name is definitely Greek. Yeah. And uh, she was born there, and she was a direct descendant to this line. But there are also a lot of historians say that it's 300 years since this happened. Yeah. So, you know, the United States hasn't been around for 300 years. A lot of things can change. You can be an American, and you could be you know, Native American, you could be black, you could be uh, from Mexico, you could be a lot of different things. A lot of people portray her as black, as mm -hmm. African. Um, others say that she was, you know, lighter skin and, and more Greece, Greek, but... Who really knows? We don't really know. Yeah, we don't know. <laughs> so, cool. So then, kind of to wrap up, I don't know if you have a lot on her childhood, but she, she probably studied at the Great Library of Alexandria while she was gaining pretty her cool. early education. So that's pretty cool, too. Yeah. yeah she spoke, uh, her native language was something called Koine Greek, 
Okay. Uh, don't know what type of uh, Greek that is, but some type of Greek. And she was actually the first Ptolemaic ruler to learn the Egyptian language. Yeah, that, yeah. Which is interesting. Um, yeah, so let's keep going with her life. Okay, so she was, let's see, her father, who was the king, was actually ended up being exiled from Egypt in 58 BC when Cleopatra was 11. Uh-huh. And so she probably went with him when he left, and he went to Rome and then to Ephesus in 57 BC. So Egypt at this time was basically was part of the Roman Empire, right? Yeah. So he, he went to Rome, then to Ephesus in 57 BC, and around that time, the Roman army, armies restored Ptolemy to Egypt as the king, kind of restored his kingdom, took him out of exile. So Cleopatra returned to Egypt from that little vacation when she was 14 in 55 BC. Okay. So her father dies from what seems to be natural causes. No need to you know, think any differently. And at this point, um, her and her brother, is that right? They yeah. ascend to the throne as joint rulers. Joint rulers, yeah. Ptolemy the 13th. Kind of weird. Yeah, Ptolemy the 13th. They're really sticking with that name. Yeah. Or maybe it's is it like a symbolic name that represents him. No, I think it's a... I don't know. Interesting. Like Nephi? Or like Caesar, who we're going to talk about. Yeah. You know? Um, so they, at this point, uh, how old is she? 15? 14? When she, she becomes queen when she's 18 in 51 BC. She becomes queen when she's 18, 51 BC, yeah. and uh, her brother ascends the throne with her, and immediately there's like a falling out between them, right? Yeah, they end up kind of fighting over the throne. And she ends up traveling to Syria in 48 BC and she's she 21 flees. yeah together an army and yeah. to come back and fight about well it's, it. it's an all out war yeah right it's not just like I want to be king you want to be it's it's we're gonna kill you she flees starts yeah. building up an army an army to come back and take take it over again an army of mercenaries which is such a cool word yeah and then Julius Caesar intercedes a little bit he he wanted them to disband their armies and restore the joint rulership again. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of intervenes here. And so Cleopatra, let's see. So did Julius Caesar, I think he went to Alexandria to try to restore the peace. And then Cleopatra ends up returning. And she wanted to get close to Julius Caesar because she had heard that he yeah. tended to get close with women rulers yeah and uh so what happens is there's a pompey general pompey uh he comes in and ptolemy the brother of cleopatra he actually has pompey murdered to Mm. to gain favor in the side of julius caesar because they were kind of rivals at the time and even though they were in this uh dispute julius caesar and pompey julius caesar was pretty mad yeah um and so then he kind of sided a little bit with Cleopatra, but Cleopatra does come in, approaches Julius Caesar, and woos him. Yeah, seduces him. She is very good at putting on a show, um, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Yeah. And so she gets Caesar to help him, uh, to help her fight her brother for the throne. Yeah. And uh, he easily beats Ptolemy the Thirteenth. And, uh, well, so Ptolemy the Thirteenth's army they laid siege to the palace 
with Cleopatra and Julius Caesar inside. And that lasted for a little while, but then some Roman reinforcements came. Cool. And uh, took over. And then Ptolemy actually, he flees to Alexandria, and then he ends up drowning, is how the legend goes, in the Nile River. And so that is kind of the start of her kingdom. So she defeats her brother in a civil war with the help of Julius Caesar and uh, by wooing him. And, yeah. and that's the start of when she becomes... Taking advantage of his armies, yeah. And, but then, her, her, well, her 12-year-old brother then, Ptolemy Fourteenth, was named a joint heir. Yep, super weird. But, yeah, at some point she becomes the... the Soul regent, but anyway, uh, for at least a time, that her her twelve year old brother ends up being the joint ruler with her as well. And Caesar remains in Egypt with Cleopatra for a time. Uh, around forty seven BC, she gave birth to a son mm-hmm. named Ptolemy Caesar, and he's believed to be Caesar's child. Uh, was the Egyptian people knew him as Caesarian or Little Caesar? Nice, kind of, kind of <laughs> funny. <laughs> Little Caesars. Okay. And then uh, Cleopatra visited Rome in late 46 BC when she was 23. And she was actually there when Julius Caesar was assassinated in March of 44 BC. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. She had a profound effect upon the people, actually. Um, A lot of people didn't like her. She was a mistress. Yeah. It was like pretty. Especially Caesar's wife didn't like her. (laughs) It's pretty well known. But uh, historians said that by the time she left, People were dressing in the Cleopatra style. So this was a woman that had a lot of influence that was very charismatic and, uh, like you said, seductive. You know, everything she wore and said, it just seems like people gravitated towards her and wanted to be like her. But Caesar yeah. gets murdered. Yep. At at Brute. She, she stayed leaves. there until well, she stayed there until mid-April, hoping that her son would be named Julius Caesar's heir. Oh, interesting. But, yeah, it didn't work out. I didn't know that. Because Octavian, who later became Emperor Augustus, Caesar Augustus, he was named his heir. And he was Julius Caesar's nephew, I believe. Interesting. Yeah. Good effort, Cleopatra, but, yeah, didn't work out. So then Mark Antony comes into the scene. So she goes back to Egypt, right? And then... Meanwhile in Rome, there's a, a battle. After Caesar, there's a vacuum... Caesar's dead, yeah. and there's a vacuum. There's Mark, Antony, and Octavian. Um, and one other guy made well, the triumvirate, right? Yeah, but, Brutus and Cassius in the battles of Philippi, Mark, Antony, and Octavian. So there's these two groups, Brutus and Cassius. The ones who killed Caesar. Exactly. And then we got Mark, Antony, Octavian, and Philippi. Philippi. Yeah. And so they're fighting, and they both actually asked support from Egypt hmm. to help them out. And... Uh, Cleopatra chose to help Mark Antony out. Yeah. And, um, yeah, after he summons Cleopatra, she comes to the Sicilian city of Tarsus, and uh, he explains how helpful her support was in the mm-hmm. war. And uh, and they kind of fall in love a little bit. Well, yep. she shows up in an elaborate ship. Yeah. People said there was silver oars and uh, she had like this crazy dress on. She was dressed like a go- like one of the Greek goddesses. Dionysus, yeah. yeah. And he, she just seduced him. And she was like, she loaded the place with perfume. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so at this point, he agrees to protect Egypt and Cleopatra's crown. 
and he pledges his support and he he's gonna help her remove her sister um who yeah. was in exile at the time so it's just a terrible time everyone is trying to kill anyone who could threaten their position of power game of thrones man it's, it's the game of thrones in rome and in egypt just all over yeah um and she she heads back to Egypt, and shortly after, Antony uh, left behind his third wife and children in Rome, and followed her to Egypt. And went to Egypt. So yeah. this chick, man, she was something else. <laughs> but I know we're emphasizing her looks, but she also was very intelligent. Yeah. Some people think that her looks were actually overemphasized; that she actually wasn't that beautiful. Yeah, I read that. But um, regardless, whether she's beautiful or not, I don't think that was really what was setting her apart i mean i think she was very smart Mm -hmm. i think she was very strategic and she was a politician yeah really good at politics really good she was cunning wise i had a way of convincing people to do what she wanted persuasive yeah yeah so they spend a winter in 40 40 bc in alexandria they make a drinking club did you read about (laughs) that i heard about that yeah (laughs) and um a few years after he returns to rome and cleopatra gives birth to two twins Yep, a boy and a girl. Yeah. And Alexander Helios, which Helios is the sun, and Cleopatra Selene, and Selene is the moon. That's cool. Yeah. And yeah. I think they married each other. Yeah, there was some that. Weird, weird stuff. Well, yeah, Alexander was... had to marry her brother. Wait, what? Ptolemy the thirteenth, they got married. Oh, right, right, right. So everyone's marrying each other. They they're trying to keep this pure bloodline. Weird. Yeah, apparently that was that was a pretty common thing for at least for this yeah Ptolemaic dynasty. It's just so distant from from. It's so hard for me to understand all of this, like the betrayal, the paranoia. Well, I think it's not. A, it's I don't think incest. it's a very rare. I, I think it's not that weird of a thing for royal families to to do that because they want to preserve the bloodline. You yeah. know, they don't want to so. have too much mixture from others. Other Ugh, gives families. me a shivers. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, it's weird for, for our day, for sure. Anyway, so she has these twins. Um, a couple years later, Antony again meets with Cleopatra. He wants to ask for some funds for this, like, military campaign or whatever. And uh, in exchange, he agreed to return much of Egypt's eastern empire. So he's like, hey, give me some money. I'll give you, like, this empire. Um, and they became lovers again. And she gave birth to another son, mm-hmm. Ptolemy. Philadelphos, 36 nice. BC. Yep, so she was 33 at this time. So at this point, she has had kids with Julius Caesar and Mark, Mark Antony. Antony, two of the most powerful men in the Roman Empire. She's, she's subdued two of the most powerful men maybe ever, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. And she actually married Antony, right? Yeah. I think in, uh, in between, like around 35 or 34 BC. Mm-hmm. So soon thereafter... Antony and Cleopatra end up joining forces in a, a sort of Roman civil war between Mark Antony's forces and yeah. Octavian. A lot of people felt that Mark Antony was, uh, shall we say, wrapped around the finger of Cleopatra. Yep. And she was changing the culture. She was uh, perverting his mind. And, you know, it just didn't feel good to have your leader be controlled by someone else. Yeah. And so it started a war of propaganda Yep, and uh, Octavian used this pretty well too. He would, he came up with a lot of propaganda in Rome against Cleopatra for that very reason. Kind of talking about how this foreign queen is yeah. taking over Rome. You know, mm-hmm. uh, xenophobia. Yeah, he talks about how they were going to move the capital from Rome to Egypt. 
Yeah. So he was just saying this woman is going to ruin everything. Yeah. And uh, in late 32 BC, the Roman Senate stripped Anthony of all of his titles, and Octavian declared war on Cleopatra. Nice. So, um, yeah. And then a few months later, um, 31 BC, Octavian's forces, they defeat Antony and Cleopatra in the Battle of Actium. Uh-huh. And uh, Cleopatra's ships, uh, they deserted the battle and fled to Egypt. So they just ran away. Yeah. Antony tried to run away too. He heard um, that Cleopatra had committed suicide, and he fell on his sword and died just as the news arrived that the rumor had been false that she yeah. hasn't died. Oh, it's yeah. like a Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. Yeah, that's what I thought of too. Yeah. They just kill each other. Weird. Or kill themselves. <laughs> so she runs away. So she went and like and hid in her tomb or something. Because like she, was, oh, she said she was going to kill herself. And then he killed himself. But she wasn't dead yet, so she went and embalmed his body and buried him in her tomb. And then she ended up... And then she ended up killing herself in... 30 BC when she was 39. Yeah. Well, she uh, she learned that Octavian planned to bring uh, bring her to Rome and like prounce her around and make her look stupid and maybe torture her. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's just going to be a long drawn out uh, humiliating death. Yeah. And she decided screw that. Just end it. Yeah. So she committed and suicide. And the, the popular story, which is probably a legend, is that she had a poisonous snake that she let bite herself. She was bitten by an asp. Yeah. Some people think that might not be true. It might a lot just, of people, yeah. It, it could have just been. Although, I believe that they did find that she had two little puncture marks on yep. her body. Mm-hmm. So, But it could have been like a needle. Yeah, they said it could have been poison, a needle. Or she could She She pre- administered poison to herself to kill herself in any in any event. So Anyways, she, yeah. So then she dies, and, and uh, that's, that's that. Okay, now let's go to our next section, uh, which will be pretty short, which will be Fun Quotes by Cleopatra. So, the farther back we go in time, the less quotes we have. It's just the the general yeah. rule. Now, also with women, there aren't as many famous women once we get, you know, like you said, beyond a thousand years ago. Right. And... Obviously, the world was run by men. Men were the rulers. Men were the scribes. Men knew how to read and write, and they recorded history. And well, and especially the fact that Cleopatra was defeated. So basically, Octavian and the Romans from that point on got to write her history. They got to write the winners write history, and yeah. so we don't have a lot from her note, uh, from her quotes, but. Let's start. Why don't you start first, Brad? Okay, I've got one. Let's hear it. <laughs> and it's not from her. It's from a an author named Stacy Schiff who wrote a book called Cleopatra, A Life. And it says, The personal inevitably trumps the political, and the erotic trumps all. We will remember that Cleopatra slept with Julius Caesar and Mark Antony long after we have forgotten what she accomplished in doing so. That she sustained a vast, rich, densely populated empire in its troubled twilight in the name of a proud and cultivating dynasty. She remains on the map for having seduced two of the greatest men of her time, while her crime was to have entered into those same wily and suspicious marital partnerships that every man in power enjoyed. She did so in reverse and in her own name. This made her a deviant, socially disruptive, disruptive, an unnatural woman. 
To these, she added a few other offenses. She made Rome feel uncouth, insecure, and poor, sufficient cause for anxiety without adding sexuality into the mix. Really cool. Yeah. So she had a, a pretty amazing effect, and she's really famous now. We know her name a lot because of the powerful men that she seduced and, and slept with and had children with. But it's not just about that. It's about the fact that she was so strategic in being able to keep her power and rule her her nation in that time. And that was you know, one of the only ways that she could find to do that. Whereas if she hadn't done those things and gained those allies in that way, you know, she probably would have lost the war to her brother a long time before and never even become the queen, or at least not the sole queen. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I really think that uh, her looks, however great they were, were just a part of it. Mm-hmm. Her charisma that probably contributed to her seducing these men, it's a skill that can be used in multiple ways, not just with seducing people, right. not just sexual. And so... Yeah, it's tough that we don't have more information on him. And like you said, Octavian uh, could have erased anything that he wanted. Yeah. But it is, I think, just the fact that she stands out uh, where she could have just fallen in the shadow of these men is showing something. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to fun stories. She spoke as many as a dozen languages... Egyptian sources later described her uh, as a ruler who elevated the ranks of scholars and enjoyed their company. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, more evidence that she was she was really smart. It wasn't just her looks that yeah that uh, led her to success. Yeah, I read that she she spoke Greek, Egyptian, Ethiopian, Trogodite. I have no idea what that is. Hebrew, Arabic, Median, Parthian, and Latin, and maybe some others. Wow. And she also studied math, medicine, alchemy. Little Isaac Newton action there. Economics, history, geography, yeah. Yeah, about her her looks. Plutarch, uh, who was an ancient writer, he claimed that Cleopatra's beauty was quote not altogether incomparable. Hmm. Is it incomparable or incomparable? Incomparable. Ah, I'll start over. Plutarch, an ancient writer, he uh, he claimed that Cleopatra's beauty was quote not altogether incomparable. And that it was instead her, quote, irresistible charm mm-hmm. that made her so desirable. Pretty cool. Yeah. She owned a perfume factory and used that as a means of persuasion. Like I said, when, like we said, when she first went to meet Antony, she loaded up with, with perfume. Yeah. And it worked out. All right. When uh, we talked about Caesar arriving in Alexandria, when she's having that feud with her brother over the, the throne... Mm-hmm. And you know she goes and, and asks for help. They say that uh, her brother had forces that were trying to thwart her attempts to petition help from Caesar. And so she actually wrapped herself in a carpet. This is just what some people say. Um, and she smuggled herself into the personal quarters of Caesar. And Caesar was dazzled by the sight of a young queen in her royal garb, just like rolling out of a carpet. Um <laughs> Something to try, ladies. But yeah, she's she's all about the showmanship. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. The was, um, the month of August was actually named sort of in honor of her because yes, I heard that that's so cool. Octavian, who later became Caesar Augustus, 
he named that month August because that was the month he when he defeated Cleopatra and took over Egypt. Super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Now for the last part of our podcast, we just want to talk about what who we can compare Cleopatra to amongst the people we've already spoken about and maybe some modern people today and ultimately why she's on the list. What do you think, Brett? Why is she on this list? Well, she we talked about how, she, how smart she was and how she was able to navigate that political landscape and that that ability definitely sets her apart from from most of the people in history. She was able to navigate that era that saw the fall of many prominent figures in one of the greatest empires in history. Yeah, sure. And she held power in Egypt for over 20 years. Do you think that someone's name perpetuating throughout time for over a thousand years, regardless of what they did, do you think that would qualify them as great in the sense that they made an impact on the world? Does that yeah. make sense? So if someone knows your name... Just because of her name. I think just because of her name is the starting point. Yeah. Like she, She's over 2,000 years ago, and we're still talking about her. Even though we don't know a lot of details, a lot of things are legend, what do we actually know? It's the fact that it's permeated that far alone tells me that she made a huge difference because if she didn't why would we, why would people talk about her 100 years later you yeah know? i don't know I, I thought about that and the, the fact that her cleopatra is a household name more than 2000 years after she died but why yeah that's what i wonder yeah i mean because it, she was a great ruler and she we talked about you know all these things she was able to hold power in in that tough political landscape but I don't know. She didn't take over any other empires. Yeah. She didn't really build anything that monumental. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess the fact that her name is what you said, a household name, qualifies our research, at least our our time into looking into her. I think I would say she's a little bit less great than the people we have – spoken about today they had clear accomplishments her accomplishment was ascending to the throne she was born into a royal family yeah so it's not that special and like you said she didn't take over any other lands but she did maintain her throne yeah during a tumultuous time and with these men of tremendous power she did subdue them and not just sexually you know but she became allies with them yeah and pacified them which i think took a lot of well, she personal up, skills. She ended up gaining a lot of lands from she Mark got the, Antony as that's well. That's a good point. Yeah, she got you the know? lands back. I think, honestly, if we knew the full story, we would, there would be a huge list of reasons why she was great. Yeah. That's yeah. what I was going to say is because, like like we said, the, we don't have all the history. We don't have everything that happened because she was defeated. So who knows what really happened and, and what she really may have accomplished that we just don't know about. I think a couple characteristics that I would attribute to her greatness. I think one, obviously, her charisma. Yeah. How she could talk to people and get them to do what she wanted them to do was off the, you know, compare that to some of these other guys like Leonardo or Isaac Newton who were 
kind of weirdos. Yeah. You know, who couldn't understand people. She had a very high social IQ. Having a social IQ is valuable. Yes. There's a social capital to it. And so, yeah, I think that was huge. I also think her resilience or, or her unwillingness to back down. Yeah. Her brother comes in. He's a guy. What other female rulers have there been up to this point? And he's trying to rule. And he's like 14 at this point. It's not that young. And she's there and she demands the throne. She holds on to it. You know, and yeah. I think I'm sure there were other women who were also leaders at some point in time, but it definitely was not commonplace. And so she's in the boys' club, and she can survive there, and she doesn't get pushed around, but she still maintains her feminine qualities. Yeah, just by the fact that she was regarded as some people say the most beautiful woman that has ever lived. Mm-hmm. But I think that not being pushed around by these men shows a lot of strength. Yeah. And confidence, but I agree. All right. Well, we'll do a uh, thanks for listening. If you subscribe now, we you can pick the next person that we do. Anyone you want. Just put it in the comments. Put it in the comments. And how do we check comments, by the way? I was thinking about that. <laughs> I don't know. You mean like comments if we get on like. Uh, I don't know. They always say. The Apple Podcast. Check or it in the comments. And I was looking for them. If you're leaving us comments and we're not giving you shout-outs, we apologize, okay? We're still figuring out how to check the comments. Yeah, send us a fax. Send us a fax. <laughs> um, you can find the number in the comments. Find the number in the comments. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, that's all we got. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye.